This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, are you ready for the word? Won't you stand with me this evening? Let's open in prayer. And while you're doing that, I want to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the privilege and honor to be able to minister the word of God with you this evening. So let's pray tonight. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We are so grateful for your goodness and your mercy. And Lord, as we come together in your house, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. So we hand this time over to you. Lord, this is your church. Come and have your way. Father, I do not trust in my ability at all, but totally depend upon you to speak through me tonight, bringing life to the hearer. And my prayer is that every ear is open to hear, every heart is ready to receive, and every life will change as a result of your word. And in advance, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Well, you may turn to your neighbor and just say, get ready. The word's about to change your life. And then you may be seated. Well, as we said this morning, we're starting a brand new series here, which is titled Summer Essentials. Just that first word is reason to celebrate. Summer. (laughs) We love summer, amen. And, um, you know, when, when we move naturally out of seasons, like we've come out of winter, praise the Lord Jesus, into summer, we move through seasons in our life as well. And many times we go through different seasons and there's some seasons we just want to stay in because they're just so nice, aren't they? Or a good South African word, listen it, lacquer. And so tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about that and, and moving. And we're going to focus on the following. A subtitle for tonight you could say is protection and peace. We can all do with a whole lot of that right now. Amen. And so we're going to read today out of our theme portion of Scripture, which is found in Philippians chapter 4. But before we go there, I want to just give you a little bit of a background about Philippians chapter 4 or Philippians. Paul, obviously the writer of this, is writing to us, but you need to understand his circumstance, where he is. When Paul writes this letter, he's not writing it from his lazy boy. He's not sitting on a beach. He's not sitting in a five-star hotel. He's writing these letters from prison. He's imprisoned. He's chained. Many times we read that he was chained to a God. He was chained down. There were times in his life where he was in the innermost part of the prison. So he's not having, he hasn't got the best of environments, right? So he's writing this letter from really probably one of the worst places one could want to be in their life at that time. And that's imprisoned for what he believed. But this is the amazing thing. In that condition, in those chains with the guards all around him there to to make sure he's not getting away, in this book of uh, Philippians, 19 times he speaks about joy and rejoice. In the worst of circumstances, he speaks about that. 12 times he speaks about remembering those things that God has done. How many people can say that when they're in their worst place in their life? Ten times he speaks about what are the things that we should be thinking about. Most people will just be thinking about, woe is me, what a terrible place I'm in, how can I be here? But he has all these positive things. Why can he do that? You see, church, it's not what you are in, but what is in you. 
It's not what you are in. It's not the circumstances that you find yourself in that determine if you're going to get yourself out of that. It's what's inside of you. And Paul had the living God inside of him. He had the truth of God's word. Listen, he had it rough. This man was beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, in prison. But yet he could say things like that. So with that now, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're just going to read from verses 4 to 9. And let's see what he has to say. Remembering now where he's writing this letter from. Many times in stocks, in chains, God's around him. He's not getting tenderized ribeye steak <laughs> in the prison. So his, his circumstances are not great. But look what Paul says. He says this in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you didn't get it, he says, and again, I say, rejoice. So he's saying, rejoice, even though I'm in prison, you can rejoice. I'm rejoicing in the Lord, for he is still good. Verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Think about that for a moment. Let your, he's in prison here, family. He's in prison in stocks and chains. Most people will say, what the heck am I doing here? Look at these guys. What are they doing to me? But no, he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse, verse 6, this is awesome. He says, be anxious for nothing. A man in prison saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. He can say that behind prison doors because the prison doors don't stop prayers from being answered. Your prison in life, the thing that you feel that, that has locked you down, doesn't prevent your prayers from being answered. They don't hit your problem and fall to the ground. The, he could say that because he knew his prayers are heard in heaven. Amen. And verse 7 says, if I do all those things, if I'm not anxious, if I'm rejoicing and I'm full of joy, he says, if you do all those things and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, isn't that an amazing thing is the mind, the understanding, because the mind can get you to feel down, isn't that right? The mind can, you can just ponder on your problem. You can look so much at the circumstance that you find yourself in that you don't. Get beyond that. And yeah, he says, because I'm doing these things, because I know God's going to answer my prayer, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, listen to this one, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Guard your heart. You know, it's so important to guard your heart. We read that the that, uh, Bible says that you must, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Now, the word guard there is referencing an actual troop, a military person, God, to protect. Now, guards are placed at places where they don't want certain people in, and they only want to allow certain people in. Isn't that right? So a guard is placed at a place to prevent stuff that shouldn't come in from coming in, and to allow stuff that needs to come in to come in, right? Security checkpoints and guards. So the Bible's telling us we need to guard our heart. We need to stop the things that shouldn't come in from coming in, but allow the things that need to come in because they affect everything you do. And that's what he's saying here. It will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, which is our theme verse for tonight, he says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, 
whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Wow, that is just so powerful that a man in that circumstance can focus his mind on the right thing. I want to read it to you again because this is so important. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, family, Paul loved people so much that he wanted to help them to think about the right things because he understood more than most where your mind can take you. And then verse nine, he says this. If you do all of that, that we've just read now, the things which you learned and received and heard and listened to this and saw in me, I think that's so important. He was acting the right way. He was behaving the right way. He says, you've heard, learned these things from me. You've received these things from me. You've now seen me. You saw it in me. I was in prison. I wasn't whining. I wasn't complaining. I wasn't grumbling. I wasn't blaming. You saw my behavior. Those things you saw in me. Do these things. These do. And if you do these things, the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that awesome, family? For me, that's so powerful. When we read that, to think when I do all of those things, when I'm rejoicing, when I'm happy, when I'm thinking on the right things, I'm meditating on the right things, my mind is in the right place. When I do these things, the God of peace will be with me. He's not watching from a distance. The Bible says he will be with you. It's different if God's looking down at you and say, I can see you over there. But it's another thing when he says, I'm right here with you. And so this is what Paul is saying to us. Don't you just love the word of God? You know, as I was preparing for this message and I read over these verses over and over, I just feel the peace of God. You know, I want to encourage you to read the word over. The peace of God will come upon you. I love the word of God. It really just changes our circumstance. You know what's another thing I enjoy? I enjoy this time of the year. <laughs> I love summer. Summer, summer, summer. I love summer. I enjoy all the things that come with summer. There's so many things that I love that come with summer that you just don't get in winter, right? Uh, how about some of the sounds of summer? You want to hear some of the sounds of summer? Listen to this one. Anytime now. Listen to this one. Kids, you run away. There we go. It's coming now. We've got to be patient. Summer's on its way. Uh, ice cream truck. Can you hear that sound? You hear that sound in some of the ice cream truck is coming. There we go, Pastor Andre. Let's get that chalk 99 there. Let's get that soft serve. Come on, stop ice cream truck. Those are the sounds you don't get in winter, right? The sounds of summer. How about this one? Listen to this one. Bafana, Bafana. 
It's a long time since they scored a goal, but there they did at that time, right? We love outdoor sports and activities. The things you get to summer, you don't get in winter. All the outdoor things we can do, we can enjoy the hiking and the swimming, and we can do all those things that you don't get to do in summer. How about this one? This is one of my favorites. You might think it's crazy, but listen to this one. Uh, no, guys, that's not a generator. <clears throat> I know that's the sound you like to hear. You often hear in our country, but that's not a generator because Eskom is on, on their game. That's the sound of a lawnmower cutting grass. I love the smell of freshly cut grass. I mean, that sound tells you summer's here. They're cutting the grass. And then this is obviously my favorite one. Listen to this one. Oh, there we are. We're at the beach. Oh, yes, I'm sitting on the sand. I'm tan-tanning there. Don't bother me. I don't have children. Don't bother me. I'm fine. Isn't that awesome? We love the sounds of summer. We love going on vacation, swimming in the sea, and obviously speaking about being at the coast and, and obviously uh, going to the coast. One of the things you do when you go down to the sea is to swim in the sea, right? We go out there and we swim, and, and uh, I don't know this so much about the ladies, but I know with the guys, we always want to go out as far as we can. I don't know why we think the waves are better out there, but anyway, we swim out there. And we paddle out there to the spot that we want to be in. Whether we are going to try and catch a wave and body surf or we got our little board or we got our surfboard, whatever it is that you do, you paddle out there on that thing or yourself and you get to the place where you believe is the best, right? You think, this is the place I want to be. You've kind of figured it all out. This is where I need to be to catch the best wave and you're paddling. But what happens when you're out there paddling? You tend to drift a bit, don't you? You drift, 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 and then you look up and say, gee, this is not where I want to be, and you paddle back, and you paddle back, and you get to the optimal place, and then you're there again, and before you know it, the currents underneath are just drawing a little bit, and then you get drawn away, then you paddle, paddle back, and you find yourself paddling and drifting, paddling and drifting all the time, paddling and drifting, and not where you want to be, but you have to paddle to get back to where you want to be. And family, doesn't that sound a lot like life? A lot like life. We want to be in a certain place but we end up drifting to another place. We hoped we'd be over here in our career, but we're not quite there. We really wish that our families would be in this situation, but they're not quite what we thought. I thought my marriage would be over here, but these currents of life seem to have drifted me somewhere else. My walk with God, I really thought I'd be in this place. How did I end up here, these currents drifting pulling you from one direction to another. You really hoped you'd be where you saw yourself starting off as a child of God. You had a dream for your job, a dream for your marriage, but the life's currents seem to draw you away and you feel you always have to paddle to be where you, are, or where you wanna be. And church, you know, Paul understands that. He understood that. He understood that these things happen and that's why he wrote these letters. And he's saying that there are some essential things that you and I need to do. We need to do these essential routine things in order to stay in that place where we need to be and not be drawn by these currents and the, and the draws of life that pull us into directions we don't want to be. He understands that the devil will continue to attack your mind and your thoughts, and he'll tell you things that are not true about your marriage. He'll tell you things that are not true about your family. He will tell you things and lie to you or things that are not true about who you are as a person and say you're not good enough for that. You're not a good enough father or a mother. You're not a good enough Christian. He'll continue bombarding you with thoughts all the time to draw you away 
from where God wants you to ultimately be. And those thoughts are so, so powerful. You see, family, because of these attacks on the mind, Paul says, if we will set our minds on these things, these essential and routine things, we will safeguard ourselves from these currents in life that pull us in wrong direction. He says, if you will just do these things, they're nothing new, they're nothing fancy, they are routine things, but they will safeguard you. They'll be your anchor so you won't be drawn away. Isn't it amazing about the mind and thoughts? You know, if there's something that's really on your mind that's troubling you, you can wake up in the middle of the night and that thought is there. You can be sitting with watching sport with your friends and that thought is there. You can be having a conversation with somebody and that thought is there. The devil bombards your mind constantly with the thoughts, specifically if it's in areas that you know you want to do better at. Perhaps you feel you failed in that area. He seems to climb on that bandwagon and just beat that drum all the time. You're not good enough. You're not a good enough husband. You're not a great Christian. You're not good at your job. Somebody else is doing it better than you. And you fight all these things. And we need to understand, church, that there is a right place for your mind to be. But you've got to always know that there can be a wrong place for your mind to be as well. And we've got to make sure it doesn't drift there. We've got to make sure that those currents don't draw us in the wrong direction. And what we have read and what we're about to look at tonight, as I said, is nothing new. In fact, it's just routine words. Probably things you've read over and over. It's not this greatest new invention of the newest phones or newest gadgets. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing well. But yet, it will help keeping your life anchored so you can stay focused on what God has for you. You know, some people, they just love change. They're always looking for something new, looking for something different. They don't want the routine stuff. I don't want the routine. I want the, something new and I want something different. But I want to tell you tonight, family, I'm glad about routine. I like routine. There are certain things in our life that I'm grateful that they are routine. I'm glad that Christmas comes around the 25th of December every year. <laughs> When's Christmas? Well, I don't know. Somewhere, I, I, I don't know. We'll find out when, you know, maybe sometime in the year it'll happen. No, I'm glad. It's the same date, 25th of December, every year. It's a time we set aside just to worship and celebrate the amazing gift of Jesus. I'm glad about the routine of my pastors, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev. They pray every day for us. They teach us the word. Apostle Theo doesn't come with anything fancy. He just teaches us the truth all the time. Truth, 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 all the time. Doesn't look for something new, just the truth. I'm glad about that. I'm glad that he's married to the same wife. Routine stuff. Just to, I'm, I'm glad about those things. You know, I'm glad about the fact that my heart routinely beats every day. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I'm glad it's routine. I'm glad the little valve opens and closes. Opens and closes. I'm glad for those routine. I don't want my heart to say, you know what? I feel like change. The little valve says, you know what? I'd like to do something else. Maybe I want to hang out with the earlobe a bit. Because, you know, I'm just opening, closing. Opening, I want to hang out with you. If it, that little valve decides in my heart to give up what it does routinely over and over, good night, Pastor Greg. Lights go out. So I'm glad for routine. I'm glad that my heart just does the same thing day after day, night after night, just routine all the time. And I want you to know, family, that here at Christian Family Church, we are going to routinely bring you a service every weekend, Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, routine, same place, 
same time. After every service, routinely, we're going to give people an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of their life. Service after service after service. Every year, you will get a chance to register for Bible college. Year after year after year. We will do outreaches to feed the hungry week in and week out. We'll take a blanket to those on the street, even if they burnt it last summer, winter, we'll take them another one. Year after year. We'll give them a poncho when it rains. Year after year. We as Christian Family Church are going to routinely have groups all the time. We have groups. Bible college, services, routine. I'm grateful for routine. I'm grateful for the routine things because they help us stay grounded and rooted. Aren't you grateful that Christian Family Church has routine? I'm grateful for that, family. I really am. So Paul's saying to us, he says, these routine things, they are essential. They are essential for your success. So let's have a look at them again. We read them in Philippians in verse 8, but we're going to go through them. And what does Paul say? He says, think on these things. In other words, he starts off by saying, think on things that are true. What is truth? What is truth? Here we go. The B-R-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I don't know the rest of the song, but it's the B-R-B-L-E. <laughs> that's, that's truth. I, I, I appreciate you got an opinion, but that's truth. I appreciate that you think that people should do things that way, but that's truth. That's truth. Family, we need to stick with the truth of God's word. Not be drawn around by other things. Truth comes from the word of God. Think on those things. Meditate on these things. Spend time in this book. This is where you will find truth. I'm, I'm happy that people have opinions, but I want truth. And we get that from the word of God. He says that when you think on things that are noble, what is noble? Noble is honorable, decent, moral, upright. Noble things, listen to this, inspire worship and awe of God. When I'm, when I'm thinking on things that are noble, I just want to worship my God. Because he's faithful. He's honorable. He's an upright God. He's never going to turn his back on us. So when I think on those things, those are the things that draw me closer to the Father. He says, think on things that are just. You see, family, the just things call us to remember to do right and to do right to other people. When I think justly. When I think justly, I'm not thinking, what can I do to get them back? When I think justly, I'm thinking, you know what? I just want to give them what actually they don't deserve. They may treat you wrong. They may treat you uh, in a bad way, but let's just do what's just. Let me think on what is right. What would Jesus do in this circumstance? He goes on to say, think on things that are pure. This world is bombarding us with things that are not pure. I think of, of, of a younger generation, how they are bombarded with the lies and things that are not pure. The movies that are out there, the stories that are out there are giving them a lifestyle that is drawing them away from purity. You see, pure things are holy, godlike, and uncontaminated. You see, we pay attention to what, we need to pay attention to what we allow ourselves to see and hear. Because there's too much that's drawing people in the wrong direction. And we get to think that those lifestyles they portray in the movies are acceptable. And people want to then live those lifestyles out. And God is saying, no, we need to think on things that are pure. We need to think on things that are lovely, Paul says. Lovely things are pleasing and they want to bless others. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, right? The goodness of God. 
Not the bad things, the goodness. So when I think on things that are lovely, I want to just help somebody. My wife's the best with that. Often, often, many times we're sitting we go in a shop and we, we're buying some groceries and she'll see somebody and she'll see them counting their money to see if they can afford it and she'll just say, can we buy their food? So okay. Other day we were at a restaurant just having something to eat and there was this lady sitting by herself, elderly lady. I'm assuming she was widowed. She was by herself there having a breakfast all by herself. We were all with our friends there after our group meeting on a Friday morning and she just asked the waitress, Please get her a bill. We want to pay for it. Can, why can't the church just be like that? Be, think of things that are lovely. What, what can I do just to make somebody's life better? And then he goes on and says this. Think on things that are of a good report. Good report. Listen to this. Good reports testify of good things where God and others hear it. You see, when you tell people of good things, that are happening in your life, you make the devil mad <laughs> because you're just telling their people, God is good to me. The devil wants to wreck your life. You just say, no, God is good to me. And so we need to make sure that we are telling people a good report. One of the best reports you can tell anybody is Jesus. Give them a good report about what the Lord has done. Maybe you say, I don't have a best witnessing technique, but you can tell them what he's done for you. You can just share of his goodness. He's been good to me. You know, every day I have a meal, I have clothes on my back, I have a roof on my I'm grateful. I have a good report. Don't you have a good report? You have a good report, family. Let's share it. Romans 12, 11 says this. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Think about that. Your testimony freaks the devil out. He doesn't want to hear that God is good to you. He doesn't want to hear that God's been faithful to you. He doesn't want to hear those things. So when we just testify of the goodness of God, he gets mad. We don't want to hear a bad report. Who wants to hear a bad report? We don't want to hear that. Let's not be, listen to this, family. Let's not be a spokesman for the devil. Too many people want to complain. That's terrible. This is bad. But Paul says, think on these things. Meditate on these things. What is noble? What is just? What is pure? What is lovely? What is of a good report? Those are the things he tells us to. Why? When we do these things, family, the God of peace will be with us. That's what he says, the God of peace. So as we move from one season to the next, as we're moving into physically a summer season, I want to encourage you to make sure that we make this the best summer season that we've ever had. Let's move forward. Let people see Jesus in us. And so because we're moving into summer, I've got my little summer bag here that I brought with me to church. And um, this is what you would take to the beach or to the swimming pool, whether you take with you. And so um, we obviously uh, want to be prepared for summer. But this is a bag I want you to carry every day with you. And think of these things. These are the things we're going to do. So as you can see in my bag, I've got some good, clean water. I think I'll take a sip of that. Pure. See that nice, pure, clean water? It's not polluted. It's not dirty. Are you thirsty? Oh, this is lovely. You guys should get a bottle. We need to be drinking the pure things. That's the word of God. Let's be drinking in the word of God, family. As believers, we're moving out of a winter season. Let's drink the pure, clean stuff. Let's stay away from all that junk that's on social media platforms. The nonsense that's spread out there, that contaminates our thinking. Let's stay away from that. 
So let's be stuck on the word. I've got another one here. Look at this one. Look at this one. Look at this. What's that? You give this to an ADD brother, it's all over. <laughs> what is this? This is church. This is church. This is refreshing. When I come to church, I'm refreshed by worshiping the Lord. I'm refreshed because I'm in the presence of God. I'm refreshed because I, I get the teachings of the Word of God. Let's not miss church. As we're moving into a new season, let's be there. Those of you that are online, I understand if you can't make it for whatever other reason, but if you can make it, be in church, man. It's refreshing. So always remember, these are the things you want in your summer bag. What else have I got you? Oh, yes, look at this one. Got my little first aid kit. Isn't that nice? My little first aid kit just in case I need to help somebody. What does this refer to? This is group love. We care for one another. Group love. I can help you. You can help me. If you need a little bit of a Band-Aid, I'm there to help you, encourage you. If you need to overcome some challenges in your past, get in a group, family. Get connected. Be part of something. You know, real life change happens in the context of relationships. That's how real life change happens. You need to be in a group. And then when you cared for and you healed and hold and you loved and you got people around you, you can then do that for others. You know, at, at our church here, we have freedom groups. Freedom groups, you don't have to have a hiccup to be in a freedom group. You can just go there just to make sure I, I know something. I'm learning something. I can be a blessing to others. And we're running many of those things right now to help people that have maybe overcome some hurts or challenges in their life. So I want to encourage you, get into a group. Get into a dream team. Get connected in a team. You know, we do life better together. So I want to encourage you, be part of a team in the, in the church. One of the other things that we need is we, we need our shades in summer, right? Can't see any of you, but anyway, <laughs> we need our shade. Why is this? Because, I mean, the sun is harsh. But what we want to do is we want to block out the negative. This summer, we're blocking out the negative. We're going to just stay away from the naysayers. We're going to make sure that we say, no, no, no negative stuff here. I'm blocking out all the negative. I got my shades. No negative coming in here. I'm going to stay positive this year. What are you putting in? What are you reading? You need the right reading material. I've got a good book here. The power of positive words from Apostle Thea. Make sure you're reading the right stuff, family. Yes, we're in the Word. But if you're going to read other materials, make sure it can feed you. Get some good reading stuff. You know, people read so much junk, and they wonder why they can't overcome their challenges. This is a good book, just by the way, if you don't have it. I'm not getting any commission. So if you're watching this Apostle Thea, no commission required. But it's good reading, right? We're going to make sure we are doing that. And then lastly... I want to ask you a question. What are you listening to? What is the music that you are playing to yourself every day? I got my little Bluetooth speaker, and it's also blue as well. Isn't that cool? Blue Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> and uh, you've got to make sure you're listening to the right stuff. Because you need to know this. The music you listen to feeds you whether you think it does or doesn't. And if you're listening to stuff that's negative, that's just full of junk, you're affecting your spirit, man. You know, a student once said to his professor, Professor, I have two dogs inside of me fighting. And the professor said to him, well, what's the problem? He said, I, I, I have this challenge. And the professor answered and said to him, listen to me, the one you feed the most will win. Make sure you're feeding your spirit, man. Listen to the right stuff. You know, I've got different songs on my playlist. I'm going to play you one, which is one of my favorites at the moment. So why don't you listen to this? It's one that I'm listening to quite a lot at the moment. Thank you. 
us to walk in victory. He wants us to stay anchored. Let's remember to think on the right things, to be in church, to read the word, to make sure we're filling ourselves, be connected to other believers, be in a group, be on a dream team, get on Bible college, do growth track, grow in this time. Let's make sure as a family that summer is going to be filled with the essentials so that we can make a difference. And I want to ask you just to bow your heads at this time and close your eyes. God is merciful. He's a merciful God. He loves you. And you may be sitting here or watching online and you say, you know, I I really want my life to change. I really want to overcome these challenges, but I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, friend, He's merciful and He loves you. And tonight He's reaching out His hand to you and He's asking you to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. So if you've never prayed a prayer, and ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Well, tonight is your night. He will help you to deal with your past, to move on to victory. He's forgiven you for all your sins. If you will just say, come into my heart, He will be there. You see, the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that's all you need to do. And I want to pray that prayer with you, whether you're online or you're in person with us. I want to pray a simple prayer with you. I'm not asking you to come forward. You just stay where you are in the seats and obviously online where you are. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand so that I can see it. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I want to pray a prayer with you that you can know for sure that you'll be in right standing with God. Heaven will be your home and you'll be with your loving Father. So if that's you tonight, whether online or in person, at the count of three, just raise your hand and I'll know you want to make right with Jesus and experience His mercy. One, two, three. Just raise it above your head. Say, I need to be right with the Lord. I need to change my life. I need to come back. Perhaps you've drifted away. Perhaps your relationship with Him is not where it used to be. Just raise your hand tonight and say, I want Jesus. I want to come back. I want to make sure I'm living out those essentials in my life. If you're online, you can simply just raise your hand. If you're in another venue, raise your hand. I'm going to ask you just to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to invite everybody to join along and pray tonight, but especially those that have raised their hand. Let's say this together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight just as I am. Please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. I choose tonight to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you that you have received me as your child and you are my loving Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.